Hey everybody, welcome to my side panel, AJ side panel, the side panel, the one, the only. I am your host AJ here, and uh, this week uh, we've got a little something special in store for you since this will be the last show of the year. I'm going to review two films I saw this week in Bird Box and The Mule, and then I'm going to give you my top 10 movies of 2018. Uh, as far as what I've seen so far. So, uh, since that's the case, we're going to kind of go a little bit longer than we normally go. I apologize ahead of time. If you were listening to this, thinking it's only going to be about 10-15 minutes, and you need to, you know, allot yourself some more time, go ahead and take a pause, and go somewhere where you can get comfortable and listen to this, listen to my rant, and then hit play again. And, yeah, we'll see what's up. So, moving forward, the big thing all over the interwebs this week, uh, it has been huge, uh, has been Bird Box. You see a lot of new memes coming out. Everybody apparently watched it within the past couple days. We're in that week between Christmas and New Year's where nobody really knows what to do, uh, whether we should celebrate it or not. (laughs) But somehow everybody still has the week off, so we need something to do. So, uh... Bird Box has been getting mad love on the Facebooks and the social medias and all over the place. I, uh, I'd been wanting to see this, but I was afraid to see it because I thought it was going to be a little too close to uh, a quiet place for me. Um, but, you know, I found myself bored the other night and decided to check it out. For those of you who are unaware of it, Bird Box is a post-apocalyptic thriller, and I'm reading straight from the wiki. Um, post-apocalyptic thriller film directed by Susan Beer uh, based on the 2014 novel of the same name by Josh Mailerman. The film follows a woman played by Sandra Bullock who along with a pair of children uh, must make it through a forest and river blindfolded to avoid supernatural entities that take the appearance of their victims worst fears regrets and losses that cause them to die by suicide. Now Here's the thing. All of that that I just said as far as what the victims see is all conjecture. Nobody actually knows what is seen or what causes these people to act out in the way they do They do because they never explore it in the film. You never actually see what the people see. You never actually... No one survives to tell you what they're seeing. Um, it's just a wild guest that comes on over the rantings of a madman on the radio who is guessing just as much as everybody else is. So in true fashion, uh, um, true to form, or actually an actual fact of the matter is, uh, Bird Box is about Sandra Bullock and a bunch of people who survive an apocalyptic-sized event. And uh, their story goes on from there. What I think of the movie? Well, everyone loves it right now. I can tell you I could give a shit about the movie, honestly. It did nothing for me. There was at no point uh, I was not on the edge of my seat for anything. I was not stressed out about anything. The only time I was actually concerned about much of anything was when they started going down the river. I felt a little bit anxiety-ridden. Other than that, it just was. There's no real tension going on. There's no real uh, 
stress, there's no scare, there's no jump scare, there's no eerie moments, there's nothing like that. It's just, you know, you deal with your, your basic isotopes or tropes, tropes, tropes. Your basic types of people during an apocalyptic film. You know, you got the, the two random hot people that have to hook up. You got you got the one dude that has to protect everybody. You got the one guy that hates everyone and wants them all to die because he's more worried about himself than anybody else. And you got the, the, the soothsayer, you know, the guy who thinks he knows what's up, but he could be wrong, he could be right, but everyone just ignores him anyway. And, you know, you have the realist. And, and the protagonist. And in this case, you know, Sandra Bullock. Um, if you really want to see what this movie is about, it's on Netflix. It's not going to cost you anything, but, uh, it's basically the happening meets a quiet place. Um, honestly, like it, and, and it's not even the good parts of the quiet place. This movie is just dull, boring, and doesn't matter. Like <laughs> if you can go without seeing it and watch read all the stuff that everybody's saying and feel like you've seen it because you're not missing anything. Anything that you may worry about is uh, on the trailer. Like, it, it's all been pretty much given away. You know what's going to happen. You you know who lives. You know who dies within the first three minutes of the movie. And it takes all the scare and concern and worry about it and just throws it out the window. I don't understand why everybody's making such a big deal about this film. We've seen it before, you know, where blind people, where people blind themselves or, or can't look at what's going on because uh, uh, all the horror or, or stuff that if they look at it, it's going to be bad. I mean, it all, I mean, we've all seen Clash of the Titans, right? Medusa, you know, you turn people to stone, you can't see. Yeah, that's all we're doing here. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't impressed by it. I don't think you will be either. Um, and I don't get what the big deal is. Uh, we've seen it all before in other films, and it was better. So there you have it, uh, Bird Box. Now, I've been reading up on it in doing research for uh, the show, and uh, I saw that it was based on a book, and I read uh, the synopsis of the book over on Wiki. And... Here's to, to show you exactly what you're looking forward to. Uh, the, the author of the book wrote a rough draft of Bird Box prior to the release of the 2018 film The Happening by M. Night and the 2009 film The Road, even though The Road was written in 2006, which caused him to worry that the book might get lost in the shuffle. So there you go. Two movies. When I'm telling you that The Happening is... A better film than Bird Box. That should tell you something. Well, okay, wait. I'll take that back. They're tie because Bird Box didn't have Wahlberg in it. And, yeah. So maybe it's a little bit better. Anyway. Do yourself a favor. Read the book. It sounds a lot better than the movie was. Uh, the Mule. That's the second film we're going to talk about today. The Mule is a film that uh, was uh, produced, directed, and starred Clint Eastwood. Um, it is referred to by Wiki as uh, a crime film produced and directed by Clint Eastwood, uh, who also plays a lead role. 
um, based on a article written in the 90s uh, called The Sonola Cartel's 90-Year-Old Drug Mule, which recounts the true story of Leo Sharp, a World War II veteran in his 80s who became a drug courier for the Sonola Cartel. You've seen the trailers. Clint Eastwood is trying to, is this old guy who's uh, transporting something uh, across a great distance to get it somewhere else for the drug cartel, for gangsters, and he's getting paid. Yeah, that's, that's all you really see. This movie, I mean... I don't want to badmouth two movies in a row, so I'm going to anyway. <laughs> this movie wasn't horrible. It was just the, the simplest, laziest, most easiest film that I've ever seen possibly made. It You're stuck with, I mean, literally 75% of the time is Clint Eastwood sitting in a truck singing old music while driving. Like That's the majority of the movie. Um, there's no stress, there's no drama, uh, because he doesn't give a shit, he's fucking 90, sorry for my language, uh, take that back, he's fracking 90, and he doesn't care if he lives or dies, he's just bored at home, needs some extra money, and is trying to find a way to get back into his family's good graces, and in order to do that, he takes on this easy job of just driving back and forth from Texas to Illinois, and that's the movie. I mean, the the biggest amount of budget they may have spent was on the Lincoln truck that he's driving back and forth, and gas, maybe. Uh, I can't imagine that gas in that truck had to have been cheap. Um, Lawrence Fishburne was cast in this movie just to say, go for it. And I don't mean that in like a, a, a sporty way. He's the special agent of, in charge of the DEA, and everybody has to run these ideas of how to catch the, the, the mule by him. And his job was to approve of their methods. Literally, that's all he does throughout the whole film. The whole six minutes he's in the movie is him going, get it done. Bring me some arrests. And that's it. Uh, Bradley Cooper, Michael Pena, they're both in the movie as DEA agents. And the majority of the movie that they're in, they spend sitting in the car going, where could this guy be? All right. <laughs> Diane Weiss plays his wife, who, uh, uh, the, the six minutes she's in the film, she's like, I hate you. And so, yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot going on in this movie. He just drives back and forth, makes some money, spends it dumbly, keeps driving back and forth, makes some more money, does something stupid, drives back and forth. I mean, it's really, there's no anticipation. There's no drama. There's no stress. There's nothing. There's nothing about this movie. You're just watching Clint Eastwood drive back and forth, and uh, somewhere in there, uh, somewhere in there, you get a little sad story, and you kind of feel something, and and but then it, you know it kind of goes away, and you just it doesn't matter, you know. This movie doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it was made. It doesn't matter that it's here. It feels like this movie was made so that it can give Clint Eastwood's daughter uh, a role in a movie, and. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. 
see it, don't see it, you're not going to lose any sleep over seeing it. The, the real heartbreaking thing is watching Clint Eastwood, who, I mean, we've all grown up with Clint Eastwood in the Spaghetti Westerns, um, Dirty Harry, uh, all these, uh, The Unforgiven. You know, he played all these really strong man roles, you know, guy roles. And so to see him in this movie where he's like broken down, he's old, he's really thin and frail, and he's just, you know, he doesn't have that gumption like he used to, that gruff, that grit that he used to have back in the day. That's the sad part of the movie is watching him be old. Um, and aside from that, it just, it is what it is. I'm glad I saw it because I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan. I didn't watch... Uh, 1517 because I knew that was just going to be a movie I didn't care about but I enjoy most of his other films uh, when I watch it so you know I'm not mad at the movie in that well I mean I, I don't know how to put it man <laughs> see it don't see it it it's it is what it is um, if you enjoy it great if you don't great it honestly it's not going to matter either way um, it certainly is nowhere near any of his other movies that he's directed. Uh, Unforgiven, Mystic River, Million Dollar Baby, Letters from Iwo Jima, American Sniper. They all, like, this This movie is toilet paper on the shoe of those movies. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. Uh, the Mule and Bird Box. Now, moving on to what's probably going to take a little bit of an explanation for everybody. That's AJ's top ten list of 2018. Um, I am not including some of the movies that I did not get to see recently. Um, there are a handful of films that have come out in the past week or so that I have not had a chance to check out. And so I'm not able to include those in whether or not I would like them or on the list. Those films uh, include... Uh, let's see, Mary Poppins Returns, which I will not be seeing. Uh, Mo Welcome to Marwin, uh, Second Act, Holmes and Watson, Vice, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, and Destroyer. Of those films, or, or on the basis of sex, of those films, Destroyer and Marwin hold my interest as far as going to see the rest of the films. People are walking out of Holmes and Watson. <laughs> um, Vice, I do want to see Vice. Uh, that's the the Christian Bale as the vice president. Um, but nothing else gathers my attention. So uh, those three films, I haven't. I'm not able to incorporate in my top ten. I may see them later on and may have to amend my list, but. I'm going to base this movie on movies not only that came out in 2018, but that I saw in 2018. So, uh, without further ado, the number 10 movie on my list, uh, Ready Player One. I was a huge fan of the book. If you listen to the panel cast, my other podcast that I used to do, you'll know that everybody that ever came on that show was a huge fan of the book, and we went and saw the movie. Uh, while it was a disappointment in comparison to the book, uh, it still was a fun movie and still awesome to see a lot of the effects that we saw in there and a lot of the references. Uh, number nine, Bad Times at the El Royale. 
Uh, yeah, I know. It's it, that movie kind of came out of nowhere. I knew I was gonna like it when I first saw the trailers, but then when I saw the movie, I really appreciated it. It hits a trope that I haven't seen um, touched on uh, since, oh, I'd say Tarantino films. You know, um, real grindhouse, real well, not really grindhouse, but more just more noir and and eccentric and I really enjoyed the film uh, if you can I know that all the movies I'm listing off are available for you to see so see them if you want um, so that was number nine number eight is a uh, Creed 2 uh, what can I say I'm a sucker for the Rocky movies um, it's down further on the list because I felt like it wasn't original it was done before I enjoyed it immensely but it just wasn't anything new you know number seven avengers infinity war why isn't this higher up in the film in my list you may ask because um you know let me get to number one first and then i'll explain okay uh number six hotel artemis this movie was really cool uh it wasn't not gonna win any oscars or anything but it was just really like gritty and dirty and and awesome and i love the the concept behind it uh, it's about this uh, hotel that um, that has a, a hospital staff and it caters only to criminals and people that pay a membership fee to it and so you get to visit it on a night when all this stuff is really going down um, lots of bad guys are in there and Jodie Foster is the doctor trying to shuffle around and get them all taken care of and keep them all apart from each other and killing each other at the same time. It's really, really cool concept. Um, I think they got it off of the John Wick concept between the, the hotels, uh, that, that the Continental Hotel that, that he stays at. Kind of the same thing, except uh, uh, futuristic and, um, you know, more of a hospital than a hotel. Uh, if you get a chance, go check it out. Number five, Incredibles number two. You knew this movie was going to be on my list. <laughs> You just knew it. It's an awesome film. That's just all there is to it. Number four, Overlord. Man, I saw this movie in the theater three times, four times. I, I cannot get enough of it. It's really well done. Um, yeah, I just enjoyed it. Um, number three. Where is number three? There, number three. Number three is Black Panther. Come on. T'Challa was the man. The only thing about Black Panther I didn't like was the heavily CGI boss fight at the end. Other than that, I truly enjoyed this movie. It was a nice breath of fresh air to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, number two, A Quiet Place. What can I say about A Quiet Place that you don't already know? This movie came out of nowhere and surprised me, and I loved every second of it. I thought it was uh, really well done, as far, especially in a horror genre that it's in. Uh, you get kind of bored and oversaturated with the overindulgent gore and blood and scarefest and 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 blood porno that you're watching on these movies and here comes a quiet place where it just goes old school old-fashioned holy shit this is happening edge of your seat nail-biting experience and hats off to john krasinski for writing it and directing it and, and starring in it uh, thought it was an awesome movie Number one movie of 2018 for me. Before we get there, I'm going to mention some honorable mentions. 
Haha. Uh, solo a Star Wars story. I mean, it's a Star Wars movie. It automatically is. It's in there. It, you know, I wasn't impressed by it. Um, but it had Darth Maul, so give it up. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox. I'm a big sucker for the Cloverfield movies. A lot of people hated this film. I thought it was really cool. I like the way it tied together all the Cloverfield movies and explained it to you. Um, yeah, Annihilation. And except for the last 10 minutes, I loved the movie. Um, but I loved the books more. And so uh, everybody is gushing over this movie right now in as far as award season goes. And, you know, I can see where they're coming from. Uh, I just felt I was too attached to the book series where the last 10 minutes just let me down from it. It was too different, different enough to let me down, you know. Uh, the new Tomb Raider, Alicia Vikander, she did a great job. I love the film. Upgrade, now that was something that was came out of nowhere and surprised me. Uh, it's about a guy that gets uh, uh, paralyzed. He's given a microchip, which helps him control his body's actions, and he goes badass killing. And that's just all there is to it. <laughs> and it was really cool. Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, I, I enjoyed the movie when I saw it, but I have no desire to watch it again. Does that make sense? Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not a bad film. It's cool. I just am not in a rush to watch it again. Happy Town Murders. Uh, come on. Puppets. Sex. Awesome. That's all I got to say. Papillon. The remake of Papillon. Um... The reason it's an honorable mention is because while it may not have been good as the original film, it did show more into what was happening there than the original film did. So seeing all those extra things felt like, you know, uh, deleted scenes being added into the original film. So for that, I appreciated it. And what they showed at the end where they go into depth about Papillon and the prison system and all the stuff he did after he got out of prison, that was kind of nice to see. So... That's why I made an honorable mention list. Ken. Ken is a really cool movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's out there to watch. You should go see it. It's awesome. A Star is Born. Dude, I mean, I'm still singing the songs randomly in my head. Um, yeah. And Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, you know, big Harry Potter fan. I really appreciate all the movies. Uh, this one was good, but it's it's like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, I, I love it. I just have no desire to watch it again. And that's kind of what these movies, my top ten list is based on also. Not only was it a good movie, but do I want to watch it again and how many times. All the movies in the top ten list I want to watch again a few more times. The honorable mentions uh, eh, don't really matter to me if I see them or not again. But I enjoyed seeing them the time the first time. Having said that, moving on to my number one movie of 2008 in my humble ass opinion. Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you should have no... It should be a, come as no surprise to you. I really enjoyed this film. This movie... I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. This movie was beautiful and intelligent and brave and bold and just come at your face badassness you know and it's, that's all I can say about it I know a lot of you probably don't feel the same way and probably a lot of people just aren't going to get it and that's fine I appreciate that and I respect that but 
for me, this movie had everything I've ever wanted to see in a comic book based movie. Um, it took a lot of the best parts of all of the live action comic book movies that we've seen, put it all together and crammed it into this movie computer animated film that just blew me away. Um, yeah, not an original story, but an original film, if that makes sense. So there you have it, my films for 2018 and my review of The Mule and uh, uh, that other movie I saw, which Bird Box, there you go. Um, funny enough, Clint Eastwood did a movie called Three Mules for Sister Sarah, and that movie was awesome. Then he does just the one mule, and it wasn't. Well, go back and get a couple more mules there, Clint Eastwood, and maybe you'll be back on top. Anyway, um, I hope you guys had a wonderful thing, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, and have a safe and awesome New Year's. Next year, uh, once again, I'll be coming at you every week with new movies I see. Got a great lineup of films coming up like next year, so I'm very excited to see them all. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please email me. I set up a Gmail account, so you can email ForbiddenPanel at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and the Facebooks and everywhere under the name Draven or for, for Forbidden Panel or AJ Herrera. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. 2018 has been a year. Hopefully 2019 will also be a year. Good night.